بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآل الطيبين الطاهرين Studying the ultimate aim, ultimate end in Islamic ethics, we talked about flourishment or development of humanity in, in human beings, in us, and nearness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we said these are two sides of the same coin, then we started exploring the concept of nearness. We said that there are different ways to understand nearness and some of them may not apply to what we are looking for here. The one that can apply here is a kind of nearness which is to be achieved only some people can achieve it. It's not something that every creature of Allah has with God or every human being has with God. And I explained the idea of Ayatollah Miswad and I explained uh, the Quranic concept of Muqarrabin. And we said that when someone <coughs> gets closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at a certain time, a qualitative, a substantial change takes place. Before that, just is increasing quantity. Like you remember when you put the, you know, for example, kettle on fire. First, nothing changes in water that you can feel or realize. Just the temperature is go, going higher and higher. But when it reaches certain temperature, then it starts boiling. Okay? This is when you have a shift, when something qualitative is changing. So when we get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by doing even one obligatory action or one recommended action, you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you say La ilaha illallah, you are nearer to Allah than you used to be before saying La ilaha illallah. Even one La ilaha illallah takes you nearer. One prayer of, for example, Fajr takes you nearer. But this is not enough to say that a substantial change has taken place. This has to continue till we reach a stage that we are seeing some differences. Unfortunately, what happens, what happens in most of us, I'm not generalizing and I'm not talking about you, but about some people like me, is that we do sometimes good actions but either we are not consistent, so we do something for a few days, few weeks, and then we stop. 
or if we continue then we do some actions which would be unfortunately invalidating the good actions that we have been doing you know if we were just doing good things so day by day we should get closer and closer after a few months something has to happen after at least few years something has to happen sometimes we see after 40 years nothing happens why because either we do and stop or we do good things and also we do bad things then the result is that we are not making progress so if someone manages to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continuously, then what happens is that a substantial change takes place. And that is what is mentioned in the hadith of Qurb al-Nawafil as the stage of being a beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Till I love him. Allah loves everyone, but we said this is a love without reservation, without modification. A person is so good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves him entirely. Yes, there are limitations. There are still many areas to improve, but it's different. You know, you can have a young pious person and you can have a pious person who has been pious for 30 years 40 years 50 years they are not the same okay when a pious person continues his journey towards Allah he becomes better and better but even that young pious person is a person who is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do you understand so it's not that the young person is perfect, the young pious person is perfect. It's not that he cannot improve. It's not that he is, you know, facing some still difficulties. But at least he has managed to stop committing sins, has managed to have ugly qualities. He's a good person. He's a person who is pleasing to Allah, but growing. Okay? You can be a very good student, but still you are a student. But be a good student. We don't expect you to be a good professor or good you know, scholar, but be a good student. So the one who is a good servant of Allah still can improve, but he should have no bad action and no bad quality. So Allah says, And this is coming then with Allah being his ear, Allah being his eye, Allah being his hand, Allah being his tongue. If he calls Allah, Allah answers. If he asks Allah, Allah grants. In da'ani ajabtuhu wa in sa'lani I want to also refer to another hadith. This is different from the hadith of Qurban Nawafil. The hadith of Nawafil we mentioned before. This hadith is related to the 
ascension of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. It's a conversation between Allah subhanahu wa taala and the Prophet in Mi'raj. You can find this in Bihar al-Anwar, volume seventy-four, pages twenty-eight and twenty-nine. Allah says to the Prophet, "Fa'ida ahabbani." When he loves me, I love him. In Hadith of Qurb al-Nawafil, Allah's love for servant was conditional upon doing wajibat and continuously doing mustahabat. Here Allah's love is conditional on Servant's love for Allah. When you put these two equations together, what is the result? It means that the one who loves Allah is the one who does wajibat and mustahabat. Yeah? When he loves me, I love him. In the other hadith says, nothing like doing wajibat is dearer to me and then my servant does mustahabbat till I love him. Okay, is it clear? Faiza So no one can say I love Allah and he is not doing some of his wajibat or her wajibat or is not paying attention to mustahabbat. At least you should do not all mustahabbat, but at least you should do considerable amount of mustahabbat. وَأَفْتَحُ عَيْنَ قَلْبِهِ إِلَىٰ جَلَالِ Very beautiful. This is something that is beautiful to hear, but much more beautiful to witness. أَفْتَحُ عَيْنَ قَلْبِهِ I open the eye of his heart to my glory. It's not that everyone has access to see the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you see the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you cannot go anywhere else. This is you know what some people in their you know mystical literature say. Uh, as a state like being drunk, the wine, you know, so wine that they mention is not wine which is alcohol. That wine is the wine which is like the material wine in the sense that makes you like drunk. What is common between these two? A person who is physically drunk and a person who is spiritually drunk, what is common? Some people think that the, what is common is that in both of them, Abel is not working. <laughs> yeah, because wine keeps your intellectual capacity very low. Yeah, even the Quran says, La taqrabu salata wa antum sukara atta taqulu atta ta'lamu wa taqulu. When you are drunk, you shouldn't say salat because you don't understand what you are saying. Yeah? 
Someone was not saying salat. People asking, why you are not saying salat? He said, Quran says, la taqrabu salat. He said, no, Quran says, la taqrabu salat. Wa antum sukara. It means that you should try not to be in that state so that you say your prayer. It's not an excuse to say, I was drunk so I don't say prayer. It's not an excuse. Okay, so this wine, if it is a spiritual wine, of course, I am personally not using this language of wine and, you know, drunk, you know, but those who use it, this is the explanation. This wine is like that wine, make you forget yourself. It's not that it increases, it decreases your intellectual capacity. That is not good. No, it makes you forget yourself. When you are standing in front of a great personality, then you forget yourself. When you are amazed by a very beautiful scenery, you forget yourself. Yeah? A person who can see the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgets himself. It's like a person who is drunk. You don't see that person that much looking after himself. Because he has forgotten himself. Okay? Of course, this doesn't mean that you should uh, not take care of yourself. It, it doesn't uh, have that meaning. It shouldn't be misunderstood. It means that he is not concerned anymore about his selfish ideas. Okay? So, if someone is really able to see the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would be like a drunk person. Okay? In which sense? In the sense that he would be forgetting himself and all the problems which originate from selfishness evaporate, disappear. Our problems are many. You can solve these problems one by one and it takes you ages. If you can face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completely, if you can absorb light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all the problems disappear at once. In Misbah al-Shari'ah, there is another analogy, and that is the analogy of fire. It says, Hubbullah Narun. Love for Allah is a fire la yamurru bishay'in illa wahtarata it does not pass by anything except it burns it when something is burnt by fire no impurity remains okay so this is another analogy the idea is that this experience is so powerful that can completely take you over and overwhelm you okay then you would no longer be able to control yourself you will give your control to your beloved okay 
even you know the move of your body would be according to the move of your beloved just one point that the beloved makes by for example his eye or you know by his hand is enough to move you okay in any case I open the eye of his heart to my glory and you should also know that this is the eye of the heart not the eye of the physical head why because this eye is too weak to be open to the glory of Allah if you open this eye even to this sun physical sun it will be burnt if someone looks at the sun you know then you become blind how can then you open it to the glory of Allah but that eye of the heart has the capacity of being open to the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am not going to hide from him to conceal the secret or the select of my creation in some version is it means that I'm not going to hide from him knowledge it means nothing will remain secret for him or if there is no el means I'm not going to hide from him the select of my creation it means that he is so much trusted by me that I will this I will disclose to him some of the things that other people cannot understand when you have some secrets to whom you disclose the secrets to the people that you hundred percent trust that they are not going to harm themselves they are not going to harm other people and they are not going to harm me in the case of Allah no one can harm he so his concern is not to harm yourself and not to harm other people <laughs> yeah if Allah knows that you are such a person that if you know the secrets you are not going to harm yourself and other people Allah will give you the secrets otherwise Allah says no this is not the person that should know because then he will trouble himself or trouble other people very beautiful Allah says I whisper to this person normally munajat is we whisper yeah we have munajat khamsata ashar for example munajat shabaniya what does it mean it means that we speak to allah subhanahu ta'ala in the way that no one else understands munajat means to speak you know to someone's ear whispering when i whisper to someone other people may not understand you feel very close you whisper so here Allah says, I whisper. Not that he whispers. I start talking to him. In the darkness of the night and in the light of the day. Means constantly. I speak to him. 
حتى ينقطع حديثه مع المخلوقين. This continues till his conversation with people stops. If Allah speaks to you, you would have no appetite to have conversation with anyone else. Yeah? Because everything else would be distracting. If Allah is talking to me, why I should listen to anyone else or why I should talk to people? If this person speaks or listens, would be only to the minimum, just as much as is necessary. Okay? Nothing more than that. There is another interpretation for that in some of lectures I have given. But there is no time now, so I just mentioned one interpretation. He's mixing and sitting with people would stop. He would reduce his meetings to the minimum. You know, have you seen uh, sometimes children? If, for example, there is a very uh, nice movie or cartoon on TV, okay, they very much enjoy it. So, for example, you say, you know, come and speak over phone, for example, to your grandfather or grandmother. The child comes, but with difficulty, but still comes, and quickly says salam when a little thing, and then runs away to watch the nest of the TV. Yeah? But say, no, we want to eat. Comes and sits on the table, but his heart is there. Very quickly eats something and then goes back. A moment when he goes to work or, you know, talks to people and does these things, he does everything in rush and to the minimum so that he can go back to that private relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? He doesn't enjoy it that much. Of course, this doesn't mean to <coughs> choose a type of, you know, monastic life in the sense that you don't meet people, you don't, you know, uh, for example, come to the society. Even uh, in Christianity, in monastic life now doesn't involve that. There was a time that they used to be in deserts or caves. Now they meet people, they have activities. But we don't want to isolate ourselves from society. But the feeling should be like this. There is a problem in us that when I am on my prayer mat, I want to finish quickly to go back to people. This is absolutely opposite to what it is supposed to be. I should, you know, be rushing to my prayer mat, to the private place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not the opposite. So you can judge yourself how close you are to Allah by looking which things you want to finish sooner and which things you want to always keep them going. This shows how close you are to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very beautiful. 
Allah says, I make him hear my speech. He would listen to the speech of my angels. Angels speak to believers. Unfortunately, most of the time we don't understand what they say. But they speak to us. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَحْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ Those who say our Lord is Allah and they are persistent, angels come down to them. They tell them, don't fear, don't grieve, and have the good news of the heaven that you were promised. So angels come. But how many people hear this? We know that they come because Quran is telling this. But unfortunately we are not able to hear. Okay? But it's possible to hear. Like for example Lady Maryam. Lady Maryam heard the speech of the angel. Yeah? Or for example the Prophet Ibrahim. Even maybe the wife of Ibrahim heard. I'm saying maybe because maybe Ibrahim narrated to her what the angel said, or maybe she heard herself. So it's possible. Usmi'uhu kalami wa kalama malaikati. He can hear my speech like Musa. He can hear the speech of my angels. I make known to him the secret that I have hidden from people. I will cover him with awe. Everyone then feels shy in front of this person. They feel that great awe which is in that person. He walks on the earth, on the ground, while he is forgiven. This also is a beautiful expression. What is the difference between two people? One is the one who walks on the earth, on the ground, and he is a beloved person of Allah. And a person who walks on the ground, and he is an enemy of Allah. Do you think this is the same? When a lover of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes to even a forest, the trees will realize that this is a lover of Allah. The trees will be happy. The trees will be praying for him. But if an enemy of Allah goes to a forest, goes to a place, puts his feet on a place, everyone will be angry at him. You are an enemy of Allah. You are a person who is disobeying Allah. You are fighting against Allah. They understand and they react. For a lover of Allah, everything becomes 
loving, and everything somehow becomes obedient. They try to help him. For an enemy of Allah, everything would show in dissatisfaction. And we have also hadith about some cases that how people can be receiving curse from these so-called non-living beings, which for us are non-living beings, but from another perspective, they are very much living and very much understanding. I will make his heart understanding and seeing. He can understand and he can see. ولا أخفي عليه شيئا من جنة ولا نار. I would not hide from him anything, whether it is hell or heaven. He can see hell and heaven. كلا لو تعلمون علم اليقين لا ترون الجحيم ثم لا ترونها عين اليقين. If you have ilm yaqeen, you can see. If you have ayn yaqeen, of course, you can see better. So, this hadith is very much confirming what we had in hadith of Nawafil. Which means that for people who are close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so much so that they are loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, knowledge would be Special. The knowledge is not knowledge of a person who studies a book or you know listens to a lecture. The knowledge comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have access to the things that other people don't have access. Their power is special. Why? Because Allah is their hand. <coughs> Allah is helping them. Their willpower which is very important, is very strong. There is another hadith which is very beautiful. It says, Abdi ata'ani aj'alka mathali. My servant, obey me. I make you like me. <coughs> then the hadith says, I have several characteristics and I give them to you. One is ana hayyun la amut aj'alka hayyan la tamut. I am the one who lives without dying. I make you live without dying. Ana ghaniyun la aftaqir. I am rich and I never become poor. I will make you also rich and you never become poor. And what is maybe more than these two? Whenever I want something, I say, be, and there it is. I make you also able to say, be, and then what you want is there. I have given reference in self-knowledge. So if you want the reference, it's in the book self-knowledge. So, 
the willpower for these people is so strong that when they want something, it happens. With respect to the people of heaven, this is a common quality. The people of heaven all have this great willpower. Whatever they want, it is there. Whatever they like, they will have it. But there are mu'minin in dunya who have that quality that they, when they want something, Allah gives them. But how can you find these mu'minin? Maybe you think that, okay, I look who is not doing anything, who is, you know, not working, who is not, you know, <laughs> struggling. So I realized that he has that power. So instead of working, he just wills and things happen. Yeah? No. It's quite opposite. See who is working harder than anyone else. Who is showing that he has no rest? And who is not looking for any comfort for himself? Maybe that person is the one who has this willpower. Not the one who is, you know, just relaxing and, you know, is lazy. It's quite opposite. The one that you think he has, he may not have. Because the mentality is different. If you look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you look at Imam Ali alayhi salam, if you look at other Imams, you see each of them worked much harder than any hard-working person. It was not that they were just, you know, praying and, you know, fasting and then people were taking care of them. They were doing lots of things, more than one a strong person, you know, they were working. How many gardens Imam Ali made in Medina? He used to plant trees, he used to you know, dig wells. He was working very hard. Or in battles, he was working very hard. He was always there to help. Then to such people, Allah gives them that willpower. Because Allah knows that these are the people who are not misusing and who are not going to become lazy. <coughs> so the willpower is very great. Now what I want to mention, and inshallah maybe finish today, if I hope I can finish, is another concept in the Quran which is related to this Muqarrab, concept of Muqarrab. And inshallah from next session, then we want to start talking about major virtues or qualities in Islamic ethics. The Quran tells us about a new type of life. And that is Hayat Tayyibah. That is the end 
that is the ideal that we should try to achieve. If we follow Islamic ethics, we should be able to experience that Hayat al-Tayyibah. What is that Hayat al-Tayyibah? What is that life? Is this the life that machines show? Hearts beating? No. Even those who lack Hayat al-Tayyibah, their hearts still can beat. They can run, they can walk. This is different. Is it physical life with some changes, with some transformation? <coughs> no. Even it is not the same life with some changes. It is totally new life. In Al-Mizan, he says this is a new life. Some people are given, some people are not given. Some people have experienced this, some people have not experienced this at all. The Quran says, in order to gain this life, you need two things. In order to gain physical life, you need father and mother. Yeah. In order to gain this Hayat al-Tayyibah, you need two things. It's like your father and mother. One is Iman and the other is Amal Salih. Man amila salihan min dhakarin aw untha wa huwa mu'min falanuhyiyannahu hayatan tayyibah walanajziyannahum ajrahum now you understand why you study Sarf and Nahf. No one can you know, really do justice by reading the translation. So inshallah, all of you by now or soon, you will be not in need of translation. Because translation is very difficult. You have to understand the beauty of Quran by knowing the language. Of course, even knowing Arabic is not enough. It's the beginning. Because one is to know Arabic, the second is to know the way Allah speaks in Arabic. This is different. But at least the first step is to know Arabic. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, whether a man or woman, min zakaran, it doesn't make difference. <coughs> you can be a man, you can be a woman. If one does righteous deeds, man amila salihan, the one who does righteous deeds, min dhakarin mu'min, while he or she is a mu'min, a believer. So it means that we need two things. We need Iman and Amal Salih. If someone doesn't know Arabic properly, he thinks that Man Amal Salih means if you do one Salih, one righteous deed. Man Amal Salih, Salih like Rajulan. No, no. It means that only do righteous deeds. Not one. It means only from this type. 
Man amila salihah means only you do righteous deeds. And you have iman, we will certainly. This is lama ta'akid and nuna ta'akid. Both of them for emphasis. Allah doesn't say we change his life. It says we give him hayat It's a new life. And we reward them according to the best of what they have been doing. It's a very beautiful concept. I have mentioned this in uh, part, I think, 8 of Understanding God's Mercy in Message of Saqadeh. You will get you fine. What does it mean? It's very beautiful, very generous. We give these people hayat tayyibah. Also, in another place in the Quran, Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu istajib lillahi wa lirrasul. If you want to pronounce it continuously, you say, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu istajibu lillahi wa lirrasul. Iza da'akum lima yuhyikum. O believers, Respond to Allah and His Messenger when He calls you, invites you to what gives you life. The same idea. Iman, because it says, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu. So Iman is there, and response means to do amal salih. Istajibu lillahi wa rasul. So, we have. An invitation from Allah brought to us by the Prophet. Okay? So who is inviting us? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who is giving us this invitation? The Prophet. What is the invitation for? Allah says, I want to give you life. Physical life we were given without being offered. Allah gives us physical life freely. Yeah? Because we were not in the position to accept offer. Okay? At that time, Allah didn't say, I give physical life to the people who ask for it. But when it comes to a spiritual life, Allah said, now you have to ask for it. I tell you, there is such a thing available. But I give it to the people who Ask for it. Istajibu lillahi wa rasul. You should respond. I am giving you an invitation, but it's up to you. If you accept, you qualify yourself. If you don't accept, you deprive yourself. And of course, then you will be responsible. So, this hayat al-tayyibah is a new type of life. Those who have no experience of this hayat al-tayyibah, this life, they may not even understand that they lack it. 
they understand that they have problems in their life, but they don't know it's because they don't have that. For example, they see their life is full of stress. They see they are never satisfied. They don't understand it is because they don't have that life. They think it's because they don't have enough money. So they struggle hard, you know, to get more money, but then they see the problem is increasing. The more money they have, the more thirsty they become. The more greedy they become. They don't find meaningfulness in their life. Then they think it's because they don't have high position. If I become, you know, very, I don't know, important person in my community or in you know, society, then I will find my life meaningful. But then they see even that is not helping. So, they see there are problems, but they cannot understand how to solve these problems. Because they don't know where these problems come from. When you don't know the source of the problem, then you cannot solve it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you want hayat tayyibah, a pleasant life, a life of tranquility, a life of understanding, a life of having a strong willpower, it comes only through faith and righteous deeds. By being a good person, by being a person who reflects the beauty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the only way to achieve Hayat al-Tayyibah. <coughs> if you have Hayat al-Tayyibah, then there is no fear. There is no grief. They have tranquility, they have serenity. They understand things that ordinary people don't understand. When someone's ear is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he can listen to people's conversation and he understands things that no one understands. Even the people who speak, they don't understand what they have said. <laughs> well, sometimes a person tells something to a wise person, and he himself doesn't know what he has said. But the wise person understands that what are the problems that this person has. If Allah is your ear, then you understand what people meant, and you understand what people didn't mean, but was hidden in their heart. If Allah is your eye, then you can see everything. So, this Hayat Tayyibah, this is a very important concept, we don't have unfortunately time to discuss, uh, is the end for Islamic ethics. And this is something that you can achieve it in dunya, not in heaven only. That is to bring heaven to this world, not to wait for heaven. If we follow Islam, we will have heaven on this planet before we go to the hereafter. The prophets have not come us to say, suffer in dunya, but inshallah there is heaven for you in akhirah. The prophets have come to tell us, establish heaven in dunya and then Allah will give you heaven in akhirah. You try to sort out the problems here. This is what you can do. 
Don't do mischief here. Build heaven here. And then, inshallah, automatically that heaven here will be connected to the heaven there. Okay, we stop here. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us, inshallah, this experience of hayat tayyibah and nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and being loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa'atul da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Oh.